everybody, welcome to episode 280 of Magic the Amateuring. That's right, you're listening to a podcast for people who play the game of magic, whether you are new to the game, returning to the game, just enjoying the game, you know, in your spare time, like you do. I enjoy the game in my not spare time. <laughs> True. There's... <laughs> There's a lot of times when I'm enjoying the game in what I should call spoken for time. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Maria. I'm another one of your hosts, Megan. And we are in two separate locations this week. Yes. It's sad. I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the giant <sighs> fruit. Uh, I'm, I'm spoon. Oh. Is a cherry a fruit? Yes. <laughs> what do you think it is a vegetable? <laughs> what? Are berries fruits? Yes! Are they, though? <laughs> what is it, a legume? Is it like a potato? A what? Look, I'm just going to say, I started typing in our berries into Google, and the first thing that came up was fruit. Like, like it auto-filled fruit. Our berries fruit. Yeah. And what does Google say? Hold on. Um... While we've tended to define berries as any small edible fruit, the official definition of a berry is, quote-unquote, a fleshy fruit produced from a single ovary. You. <laughs> by, th- by this definition, oranges, kumquats, blueberries, and even tomatoes can be considered part of the berry family. Wow, it also defines me, because I'm definitely a fleshy fruit <laughs> produced from a single ovary. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Yeah. You learned a lot about me and my mom in that sentence right there. (laughs) On today's episode, not only will we find out facts about fruits and vegetables, but we're going to talk about the Pro Tour. That's that's why we're in separate locations. Megan's still in uh, Richmond, Virginia, where we just had the PT. That's right. I'm getting ready to hop on a plane to Rhode Island. Wow. Wow. You're doing some improv in Rhode Island, right? I am. It's going to be be sick. So if you're in Rhode Island, uh, what's the festival? It's uh, it's called the Ocean State Improv Festival, and it is in Wakefield, Rhode Island, which is as far about as far south in Rhode Island as you can go. Cool. So check it out if you're yeah. in R.I., our lovely small estate. But yeah, Pro <laughs> Tour Wait, was super exciting. Is, is Rhode Island the smallest state? <laughs> go on. Type it in. Type it in. And it says I'm Rhode Island is in. actually a fleshy state that was produced <laughs> from a single flag. <laughs> I don't know. That would be a really weird definition. It would. It truly it really would. really would. We, uh, but before we get into all of our stuff about the exciting Pro Tour, because it like actually really was, especially the final moments of it. Yeah. We have some people to thank. First of all, That's thank right. you to everybody on Patreon who donates to the show and who I like to call the members of the show. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash mtacast and you can become a member of the show for as little as $1.25 an episode, which I personally think is a bargain. Uh, That's right. You know, if you ever get anything from the show, if it brings some joy or happiness or learning to your life, consider throwing a dollar twenty-five our way. You get access to our super sweet Discord chat with a lot of cool mm-hmm. cats in there, and we're gonna have some new Patreon uh, stuff happening uh, pretty soon. So um, get in there it's and exciting. get on the train. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, lots of good photos of cats on that Patreon Discord. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We have a Discord member who did a cool Slimefoot animation show. So shout out to them because that thing was awesome and it made the front page of Reddit too. So like our fans are really cool. No big deal. They really are. They're pretty great. Big thanks to Card Kingdom too. 
Yes, cardkingdom.com slash MTACast, the place to go if you're looking to pick up boosters or singles or, you know, other, all of the magic things. Dice, accessories, deck boxes, binders, playmats, the whole works. And we uh, are going to send them some more stickers. Somebody told me that they're out. Uh, so we'll send them some more so you can ask for an MTA sticker to include <gasps> in your order. And it's a brand new it's MTA a new sticker. a sticker with a secret, with a <gasps> secret on it. That's right. It literally <laughs> it does. It has one. You it know? literally has a secret on it. <laughs> and you'll find it out if you ask for a sticker in your order. Yep. If they have them by the time you order. <laughs> Cardkingdom.com slash MPACast. It's time for the top five things you need to know in your magical life this week. One thing. One thing. <laughs> one thing? The number one thing is probably to almost no one's surprise, the pro tour happened this past weekend. Yay! We had the pro tour in humid uh, Richmond, Virginia. (laughs) Oh my goodness, it was humid. It was, I, I made the mistake of walking to the venue on Friday. I, I walked there every day because I really like being outdoors. But, uh, so I walked there on Friday and by the time I got there, I was just like, I was just like coated with a layer of sweat. That's what happened. If you stepped outside for like five minutes, all of a sudden you were like a popsicle that had been sitting out in the sun for a minute. Just like a, like a thin coating. Yeah. A thin coating of (laughs) But everywhere, everywhere. Richmond, Virginia. (laughs) Lovely in some ways, but also humid. Some good restaurants. Yeah. But anyway, that's all ancillary (laughs) to the fact that somebody won the tournament. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yes, they did. Wyatt Darby was the champion uh, playing mono red aggro. Yeah, That's just, right. Just all His mountains. second pro tour. Congratulations to Wyatt. He was a cool cucumber yeah. too. He really was. Every time he was there, he just sort of, he had like a, a, a face that said no emotions. <laughs> right? He was just so, he just seemed so calm in the feature match yeah. area. I just couldn't believe it. Playing against like... He had to take down a few big names to get in there, too, like Owen Turtenwald and yeah. a whole bunch of other good players on his way to the crown. But, yeah, yeah seems like a nice guy. Wyatt Darby, congratulations. I think he, he beat other pro uh, Thomas Hendricks. Yes. On, on, in, the, in the top eight as well. He did. And he made the right metagame call, too, which we'll, we'll dive into a little deeper in the show. But really yeah. smart move on his behalf there with the deck that he brought. Pretty sweet. Thing number two, and don't say you're surprised by this because we called this card out on the show. Like that's right. Last we week, the week before, I don't even like know. A, yeah, a, a while ago. I called it ago. out the first moment I saw it spoiled. Chain Whirler. <sighs> what is this card? Um, people, people are, you know, justifiably on the like on the war path. Oh yeah, absolutely. With Goblin Chain Whirler, everyone's just like this card is the worst you know we guessed how many copies were going to be in the top eight and we were oh wrong my goodness by we quite a lot we were below and we made a we made a high guess we did we guessed a lot what did we guess yeah. like was it 14 did i say i want to say it was 14 and it was not 14 no it was way <sighs> way 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 more <laughs> chain whirler was all over the feature match area this past weekend wh- whirling its chains killing little mm-hmm. creatures generally being a jerk um Ugh. it's not going are- together going together with soul scar mage oh that was sick that's 
that's a nasty combo distributing those minus one minus one counters i love yeah i mean that was cool actually it's just like oh you're playing a deck where this doesn't kill everything but guess what it's still gonna shrink your entire team lame and so people so. are like oh this might be something that Wizards is going to uh, consider banning coming up now. Like, is this worse than Rampaging Ferocidon, which did get the ban? Yeah. So, yeah. Who we'll knows? Find out. We'll find out. I mean, I, I sure think so. I sure think so, too. If I'm being I sure honest. think it's the worst. I'm not a fan, as you may know. <laughs> Thing number I think three. if someone is listening to this podcast and somehow still thinks that you and I are fans of Goblin Chain Whirler, they're actually listening to a different podcast <laughs> yes. and only somehow believe that they were listening to this one. That's accurate. <laughs> Thing number three, the standard Super League is headed your way. And guess what? We're playing in it. That is right. Uh, it's We're going into, I'm trying to think what week is it? Because they just took a week off. Yes, for the Pro Tour. That's right. Um, and is this we'll week, give like you a week little... number three? Uh, is it? We'll check. I'm, hold on. on. We'll I'm, check I'm on checking. It. I'm checking. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Megan and I are on a team with none other than Marshall Big Tall Pants Sutcliffe. <laughs> and our team name is excellent. His, of, his, his official middle name. Yeah. Is Big Pants. Or Tall Pants. Tall Pants. Big Tall uh, Pants. You call, I think you call them Big Tall Pants. <laughs> big Tall Pants Sutcliffe. We're the slippery yeah. moguls. I'm 100% going to bring an Aetherflux Reservoir deck. Oh, that deck is sweet. It's gonna happen. I'm gonna I'm gonna make it happen. Uh, we are playing against the play design team. Uh-oh. <gasps> Champions of uh, the the team Modern Super League. I'm screwed. Yeah, as am I. As am I. I mean, look at the look at the name. Look at the names. Chain Whirler or no Chain Whirler, we're going to play fun decks. That's right. Thing number four, Battle Bond pre-pre-release with Loading Ready Run coming up this weekend. That's right. It's going to be awesome. It's one of our most our, our, our most favorite things to watch. For I was sure. like, what's what's the phrasing that I'm looking for? I think it's most, most favoritist. Most, most favoritist thing to watch. Um, we've got Jules Robbins from Watsy R&D, uh, Rhino, a.k.a. Young Mage, who's an uh, a magic YouTuber and Dana Fisher. That'll be so fun. Dana Fisher, she's seven years old and really yeah. cool. Plays elves all the time. And magic is trying to be the youngest person to ever make day two of a Grand Prix. That's right. And with, uh, yeah, we saw oh, a video about her at the at the Pro Tour this weekend. It'll be on yeah. YouTube. It was so cute. Everybody, you should go. Watch it was it. super cute. I got oh very goodness, it was cute. teary watching it because it just made me so happy to see like her and she's so positive and like oh I love playing playing magic and playing these cards Aww. and stuff and I'm like this yeah. is the future. So yeah it's <laughs> excellent. And the pre-pre-release sure to be excellent as well. Yeah absolutely. Uh, it is it is always a real good time. And then you know five of those usual five of those usual <laughs> nerds from loading ready run <laughs> loading ready run just your usual nerds <laughs> just a bunch of usual nerds thing number five is if you're working hard to qualify for the pro tour which i know a lot of people are uh rptq is coming up for specifically qualifying for that pro tour coming up and guess That's where it's gonna right. be <gasps> minneapolis minneapolis our home i'm so stoked that's right. This is a Pro Tour 25th anniversary, and it's the Team Pro Tour, where it's a standard player, a modern player, and a legacy player. 
spooky and it's kind of fun too because at this last pro tour for dominaria they had the top 16 teams have qualified all of their members for pro tour 25th (laughs) anniversary regardless of if they were qualified or not previously pretty great pretty great they're going to choose their teams for that pro tour and they're going to have to take their six members of their teams and split it down the middle three on one team three on the other team so it's team against team potentially which could be very very much drama and then the other people who have very much drama much drama much wow doge will watch um <laughs> they're gonna have to pick their teammates from people who qualified the same way that they qualified so we're gonna see some um i'm gonna put it this way we're gonna see some interesting mixes of teams i can imagine yeah it's gonna be super cool um I'm just so, so excited for this pro tour Me like too. i think it's just gonna be really sweet it's gonna be so unique it's gonna be yeah, this is going to be great. It's going to be great. <laughs> and it's here in Minneapolis, and there's a Grand Prix the weekend before. So if you're not like, oh, I'm not trying to qualify for the PT or anything like that, if you're in the area, come on down to the Grand Prix. It's going to be sick. Yeah. So that the Pro Tour is the first weekend of August, so this would, the <laughs> GP would be the last weekend of July if you want to plan. Yeah. Get, get your planning in now, buddies. And pack your snow boots. Oh, man. Do you know what I realized this weekend? No, don't say it. What? That winter is going to be here in like two months. <laughs> what? Oh. No. Oh, okay. August isn't winter. Thank God. September is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fine then. I was thinking to myself the other day, I was like, what am I going to do if it snows in October? And I was like, I don't know. No. I, I'll, I like, I might just disappear. I might just walk out into the plains of minnesota and there goes never Megan. return <laughs> there exactly <she> goes. <laughs> be like where did she walk off to nobody knows it's so funny nobody imagine amateur has relocated to hawaii for september <laughs> through march <laughs> oh that's my dream perfection what were you gonna say i don't remember <laughs> what we're don't say oh what i noticed uh, oh i was like i just i say buddy like every other word <laughs> I feel like that's the first time you've said it on the show today. I think so. I think I've I've I say it less like on the show, but when I'm talking to people, especially like if I'm talking with my friends, it's just like constant. It's constant. Do you remember that commercial for the giant doll, My Buddy and Me, back in the uh, late '80s, early '90s? My no. Buddy my buddy and it was just a giant doll that was the same size of, as you if you were a child that's so scary now that i think about it that is mm. weird <laughs> like just google it you will be it's gonna be weird looking okay i'm gonna uh. my buddy and, giant doll uh and that and that's all the news <laughs> Everybody, we want to say thank you to Ultra Pro, one of our sponsors, ultrapro.com or cardkingdom.com slash mtacast is the place to go to get your Ultra Pro gear on. That is right. They have just like amazing art on their play mats and on their sleeves. They have sleeves that shuffle amazing. It's just all upside. 
I've got this beautiful Ultra Pro deck box that I'm holding right here in my hand. You can open it on the bottom is a little spot for your dice. It's really, really cool. You can get them like this. This is a hard case one. It's currently what I actually house my boggles in, so you know it's Ooh. good. That is a foil boggle deck, everybody. I'm not messing around when it comes to the boggly boys. Or you can get this version, which is more of a leatherette kind of version here. And the dice you can see go right on in the top in the room for 75 cards. It's really cool. They've got a ton yeah. of great gear. UltraPro.com or uh, CardKingdom.com slash MTACast. Do you know what? To them this for being weekend, a sponsor. Someone was like, you all keep talking about gravity dice, and I don't know what that means. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry for you. Oh, my gosh. Gravity dice are so cool. They're amazing. Go so. and check them out on the website. They're really awesome. For a pro tour wrap and first we're going to kick things off with draft six rounds of draft at pro tour dominaria and we saw some pretty sweet stuff megan yeah we sure did what are some of the favorite things the favorite things that you saw well my i have two top favorites number one of okay. course is obviously the five color masterpiece slash train wreck disaster we saw from sam black who, do you know what what I think he and everyone else expected that deck to 3-0 I mean, yeah, like, it was, it it was very wreck? close. It nearly it did. It was a masterpiece. It was so cool. Um, yeah. If you didn't catch it, know. go back and watch. I think that often you look at a five-color deck and you say, this was a train wreck, or like this is a train wreck that turned into a masterpiece. Yeah. I don't know. There's so many legends in that deck. It looks like, is there enough planning in this that it goes from, like, you, you have to strike train wreck from the words that we use to describe it, because, you know, is... <laughs> Sure, like, is, I is get the it. statue of David a train wreck or is it just a masterpiece I see what you're saying yeah we really can't call it a train wreck because Sam obviously knew what he was doing er very early on in the draft he had been picking legends I think it was his uh, first pick if not it was his second th pick third pick and he kept going on yeah. and on so like he wasn't doing this willy nilly oh he knew he knew this deck was, this deck was always in the cards and he just um he just found it in there. Right. Yes. It was always there. He What's just... the quote exactly that I'm looking for? <laughs> I don't know. You know, the quote where something, uh, I don't know. Well, Hold let's. On. I'm going to describe it for people. If, you've, if you didn't get a yes. chance to see this deck. So obviously it's five colors. It played three copies of Navigator's Compass was a card that, of course, we couldn't stop talking about all weekend because there's such a controversy on if you should ever play it or not. Well, Sam Black did. He played three copies because he just needed the mana fixing because he was playing five color legendary. And the coolest thing was, was he had, you know, almost mono legendary creatures in his deck. He was also playing the reanimation spell. Uh, Primeval's Glorious Rebirth that brings oh. any number of legendary creatures back from your graveyard to the battlefield, which is unplayable, by the way, in any other deck yeah. other than this specific deck. It really is. It was great. He it went 2-1 really with it, and it was just a gosh darn work of art. It was the Here's David the of the Pro Tour. Every block of stone has a statue inside it, and yeah. it is the task of the sculptor to discover it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that deck was always in those boosters of magic cards and it was his task to discover That's it. That's so true. It's like, I often think that when I'm drafting, I'm like, oh man, is the perfect deck just somewhere in here and I just didn't pick the right cards to find it? Yeah. Interesting. It's in, I feel like these are some really weirdly philosophical so true. questions about drafting. So true. And the other th crazy thing we saw was, I think... John Finkel's first draft deck was also 
absolutely outrageously good. Blue mm-hmm. red. He said he loved that color combination. Thought it was way better than any other colors. Um, I kind of sort of agree with him. I do think it's by far the strongest color pair. But that being said, the other ones are not not as far behind as they have been in previous sets. And yeah, yeah, his deck was just super super sweet, and it was cool to watch him play it too. Oh, we yeah. can't forget about the two planeswalker deck that Andrea Mangucci right. drafted. Oh, that was just absurd. I think Frank Karsten said there's it's something like a point oh for four percent chance. Yeah, so he had to he had to ferry and Karn, which Ugh. as the good old Dr. Frank, Frankie Numbers lets us know, is nearly impossible. And there were yes. four planeswalkers opened in that draft too. Yeah. Do you know what? I like it does make me want to like pause briefly because I I feel like no one that like listens to our podcast would ever be one of the people who was out there saying this. Yeah. But there were like people online who were just like, oh, if you don't think that like Watsy isn't stack- stacking these featured draft packs, then like you're absurd. Like a bunch of like, you know, like little conspiracy theorists oh, yeah. who are out there being like, oh, these packs have got to be rigged. And it just makes me really upset. Yeah. Because I think all of the people, like, in case you know someone who says that, um, like, thinking of all of the people who, like, love magic so much, who would have to be, like, complicit in that sort of thing. Is just like, absurd. No one would ever do it. Like, right? Like, you and I would be really mad if that was a thing that happened. And we would be people who would know about it. Like, Marshall would know about it. And judges, he would be super Judges mad. are the ones who do this, right? So Exactly. Yeah, judges are the ones who, like, stamp and register those boosters. And, like, judges are judges because, like, the rules of magic are very important to them. And, right? like, upholding those rules right? and, like, having a lot of integrity to the game. So, like, if you are, you know, if you, if you see someone saying that, just, like, let them know, like, hey, there are a lot of people who are really passionate about this game um, and who are, like you know people who believe in magic and believe in having great games of magic and like they would never be okay with that absolutely not and the integrity of the game is interesting enough like you play this game right because it's good it's great and it's diverse and strange things happen in it it's never the same right that's why you play it and that's exactly what it is and that's exactly what we saw in this top eight or excuse me this future match area draft and by the way lots of times the drafts aren't excited (laughs) remember last pro tour none of those drafts were any good (laughs) oh my goodness the times that we've seen yeah like someone the featured drafter then like goes oh three right yeah with their deck it's the same as magic there's just no accounting for the stuff that happens in it sometimes like that I don't know that he like O three, but um, uh, Lucas Esperber two was the other featured drafter. Yes. And going back to what we were talking about before of like the philosophy of like, is there like a good deck in these cards, and like I just have to make the right picks to find it. Um, we have never talked about, I, or we haven't talked much about. Sometimes there are seats at a draft table that like just aren't you're you're just not in a good seat. Right. Um. Or, like, you're going to be in a seat that's, like, very difficult to draft. And sometimes you'll be in a seat that's, like, very easy to draft. Like, you see really clear signs and you open, like, some good rares or you get past strong cards and good colors. And, like, I was uh, the recorder for uh, Lucas's draft. Um, And it was just, like, he, he didn't make bad picks. But, like, he was in a what I would call, like, a really hard seat to draft. Yes. Yeah. Because they're just, like... Again, like I said, it's not like he ever made, like, a bad pick. It was just, like, I was even looking over his shoulder at these packs, and I'm just like, this is just rough. 
That's so true. And, you know, like, draft is the most skill testing um, format a lot of professional players will say in Magic. Uh, But that does not cancel out, you know, the fact that sometimes pure old-fashioned luck is involved. And uh, hopefully the right things come to you at the right time in your seat. Exactly. So I think, yeah, just while we're talking about, yeah, like, the weird... (laughs) Yeah, the weird philosophical part of it. It's like it was so strange to me because I like, you know, I've heard people talk about it before, but I had never been like watching a place where so clearly I was just like, oh, this is one of those seats that they're talking about. And I think um, the the person to his left also I took a look at his deck afterwards and it was like, yeah, this guy obviously also had to make some really difficult picks. 100%. Um, yeah. 100%. So. And I think there's a general call out to I'm going to just I'm just going to give him a little mini rant here. Like I'm like I'm sure our <laughs> listeners are great. They do not do this. You guys are the best. But um I just had a real tough time with chat this weekend on Twitch um on the Pro Tour. It's very negative across the whole weekend. And I know Twitch chat sometimes isn't the greatest place in the world. And I'm not expecting it to be the greatest place in the world, but I would really love to see more positivity in there. Like it seemed like almost every other thing that was posted was negative about people playing or the cards or the decks or the coverage, or the, I don't even know what, and just people using the word cringe over and over again, like, really got to me, you know, because I just feel like, why are we doing this? Why are we saying when you care about something, or something is personal to somebody, and they're, you know, making it known, that's that's something that we have to, like, take a crap all over, basically. I, yeah. I know it's part of internet culture right now, but I would highly encourage everybody to really, you know, try and and inc- uh, exercise that word from your vocabulary yes, just take it out i don't want to see it anymore it's just not good it's just not good and it's not bringing us to a spot that we want to be in magic right this is not an environment that makes other people want to play the game that makes people want to yeah. participate in chat and um all this kind of stuff so yeah like, if you ever find yourself like- wanting to say that just like don't <laughs> yeah i think it's also like a really for me it's always a really interesting word because I don't know. Wow, we're having a like weird conversations today. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, when I see that word, it's it's hard for me because I don't know that I that often have an emotion that I would like that I would match to that. Right. Right. Like when people are saying it all the time, I'm like, is this something that you really like? Do you really feel this all the time? If or like as do, often as bizarre. you're saying it because exactly because I can think of the things that like the things that I think make me cringe aren't when I see you know it's all stuff that it's just like oh that's like a really difficult thing for for another person to go to it's like the stuff that makes me cringe is all just like oh my god you're like going through like this is a really painful experience for someone and I mean, like, emotionally, right? It's, like, distressing or it's hard for them. And that's when it's, like, it's more of, like, uh, an empathetic, like, oh, my God, that, that has to hurt so much for you that I don't, like, I feel really bad. I don't want to look at it. Right. Like, when somebody t- takes a dive off a skateboard and into a metal pole. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and it's, and instead, it's just, like, so when people say that, I'm, like, I, I just, for me, I just, like, legitimately don't understand what they're feeling then yeah i guess the closest because when i see people think try- be, is awkward but 
uh, yeah even then i'm like don't even pretend like your life isn't a series of a thousand awkward moments a day don't even give me that because you know what it is it's called the human experience get over it exactly and i guess like (laughs) and maybe maybe that's also why is because like i feel like in the last couple of years i've made like this really big effort to i used to have like a really hard time with like being socially uncomfortable or like not knowing what to do with myself and and i just like you know like i i talked to some people about it and i read some stuff and i was just like do you know what anytime that i feel awkward i'm just going to choose to feel a different way instead that's like kinder to the people around me so if i'm talking to someone and i'm like this is awkward i don't know them it's like oh instead i'm going to choose to be curious about them and i'll ask them a bunch of questions and it's like oh now we're having a nice conversation where i'm learning about you right right um or if it's like oh if this is like some like really bad theater that's like really awkward it's like no instead i'm just gonna find like who is someone that's doing really good and so i'm like appreciating a performance or like what is it that that's like I'll, I'll find something that it's just like, oh, this is like funny or like this is like artistic or there's something good in this. Exactly. Let's, you know, stop saying, oh, I'm just going to point my finger and laugh at you and say cringe like a second grader looking at somebody who like tripped and fell. And instead, what we're what I feel like we should be doing is saying is is trying to feel more empathy in our daily lives. Yeah, for like everybody make the connection us. with it instead. Right. Make a connection with it. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, because otherwise I feel like it it feels like taking the easy option of just like distancing yourself and like being emotionally unavailable. Oh, it's so easy. It's so easy to say that. And it's like, oh, what if instead like you put in a little bit of like emotional work and like the reward is this that you're going to get a lot more out of experiences. 100%. All right. So so (laughs) get out of there. Get that word out of chat. I'm sick of it. And and that's the pro tour draft. (laughs) Hashtag end rant. (laughs) <laughs> I wanted to quickly, t- really quick talk about a couple of other cool decks that happened this weekend. Well, we did coverage draft. Um, we saw a really sick mono red, basically kind of attack, uh, burn, in quotation marks, spells deck <laughs> that <laughs> that somebody on coverage was drafting, which was really, really, really sweet. Oh, yeah. Toby of, of <laughs> magic coverage. Yeah, like a Holy bunch of run Get to Chroniclers. Um, yeah. Uh, what is it? Uh, get to Journey Mages. Just mm-hmm. all in. It was a work of art. It really was. Um, a version that he played against me was also a Valduck deck. Oh, yeah. I love <laughs> Where it. Where he just like, you know, like turn four, it was like making one because he had a short sword on it. And then like the next turn, it was just like more and more and more. <laughs> <laughs> It was great. New drafted a sort of artifact flyers tempo conjecture deck. Ooh, yeah. Uh, no, Antiquities I War. I mean, Antiquities War deck. That that deck was great. I loved it. This was, uh, it was, it, it ended up being almost mono blue. I kept in a copy of um, Wizards Lightning, because that card is obviously just, like, great. Uh, I'll, post a, I'll post a photo of it, actually. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so you should. So that people can see it. It was really cool. I was cool. really proud of it. Plus, like, my perfect opening hand. There was an opening hand that I had with this deck that was just like, I was running Navigator's Compass. I'll say that up top. But it was like that, Antiquities War, like Joyra's Familiar, like some other, or like a Voltaic Servant, and then like three lands. It was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and that, that um, Navigator's Compass was 
not doing its normal job in this deck. <laughs> no, no, it, it was attacking my opponents for five. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I drafted yeah. a legendary party, is what I'm going to call it, with um, a bunch of legendary sorceries. So I had Ooh. tons of legendary creatures. It was Naya Colors, I think. And I had Urza's Ruinous Blast. And what the heck else did I have? Jaya's uh, Immolating Inferno. Oh, no, that couldn't. I don't think that was the one. I, I drafted that at some point this weekend, but that wasn't that yeah. deck. You had a Traxos and a Shalai, I remember that. Traxos and Shalai, that's right. I had Traxos, which I was basically untapping every turn almost the hard way by casting <laughs> legendaries. Yeah. It was really cool. What we're saying is draft is great. Like, get out there and do it. There's every uh, deck in the world you could possibly want to draft. You can. Yeah, it's it's legit. <laughs> and congratulations to, think. to uh, Elias Wattsfeld, by the way, who is our draft master for that's right our first three pro tours he only ever had three losses was it oh my god it might even be less than that i can't remember it's something crazy that's absurd he's great that's an absurd record that's legitimately incredible um yeah yeah he was like by a wide margin i remember going into the weekend they're like oh if he like three o's his draft on day one like literally no one can catch him yeah he's got it <laughs> so pretty sweet all right let's talk about standard at the pro tour so the deck that took the whole thing down mono red mono yeah. red Ugh. megan would you have predicted this going into this pt no me either um i think like black red was definitely on everyone's radars um obviously like both the more aggressive builds and like the more mid-range builds but mono red Nah, man. No, I was like expecting maybe Teferi to come out and swing in and be like, oh, look, check it out. This Ugh. Teferi deck with no win conditions made it in. And I was expecting every match of the top eight to just be like a million years long because we're just <laughs> waiting for Teferi to keep tucking himself back into the library until yep. somebody got decked. Yep. But no. That wasn't even the case. The only <laughs> deck with blue in the top eight was an Esper control list and it got out in the quarterfinals. Got the uh. boot. Every other deck was red. Every single other deck. Yeah. No uh, very interestingly, also, Return of the Scarab God. Yes. Welcome back, our little beetly boy. Yeah, a friend that for, for a while people were just like, is this card just like not playable anymore? I know, right? But, I hated uh, it. I hated it with a fiery passion. Now I don't care. <laughs> I'm like, I hate Chain Whirler. Come on back, Scarab God. Pull right? on chair. I have made some tea for you. You, buddy, are the definition of the lesser of two evils. Absolutely. Yeah, we, there, was, there was blue-black mid-range running around and control. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, which is, you know, I thought was super interesting because, like I said, yeah, going into it, everyone was just like, is this even a thing? And um, there's a lot of talk, too, about the distinction that um, Wizards had made between some of the more mid-range black-red decks and the aggressive black-red decks. And the actual line they drew in the sand was if your deck had a copy of Bomat Courier or not. Or four yeah. copies, I should say. Nobody's just going to put one in there. But um, yeah. that was that was the line they drew because they needed to like separate them somehow because they really aren't the same thing. If you're not playing Bomat Courier, Singleton not exactly. Bomat Courier is just the best deck decision that I could possibly think of. <laughs> Just one. You're just like, here it just is. Just one this Bomac Courier. <laughs> one Bomac Courier. That little robot mail, mail bot. I love it so much. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, that's so in case anybody was curious about what, what that deal was, that was that was why. 
And it was especially important to make two with Chain Whirler running around whirling its chain because those decks sometimes included included like Earthshaker Kenra or something, which, yeah, they're going to get hit by that. Yeah, exactly. And they were talking about like if you're looking at someone like... um, Who am I thinking of? Um, Oh, my goodness. Santa Claus. Yeah, it's always Santa Claus. A dog with a beard. Always guess Santa Claus. A grasshopper Um, with a credit card debt problem. So... (laughs) What? I don't know anymore. Who are you thinking of? I was like thinking of Kazuyuki Takamura. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is like this is a red black mid range deck, right? And we're looking at people. We were talking about like, hey, like you know, he went so far as like he's got like Raska's Contempt in his main deck, right? He has Karn, which lots of like the red black mid range weren't playing. He's he playing is, he three the only Karns in the top. Yeah, eight. exactly. Um, he's playing like chandra torch of defiance in the main um so that was kind of like also another line if you're looking at it and you're like how is this not the same deck and it's like well he has a very different game plan which is like he's got a lot of like four mana stuff that's going to you know hope in his hopes overpowered those aggro decks yeah and that that would have been a big game too <clears throat> if Kazuki had or had had been able to make it to um, yeah. to win the whole thing because he would have been only the ninth person ever to win two individual pro tours. By the way, really? Yes, in all of history. There's only been two. Nine. So he would have been number nine. nine. I mean, to win two, but like, yeah, to win two. There's mm-hmm. only nine people who have won two pro tours. He would have been nine, so eight people have won two. Wow. Yeah, isn't wow. that crazy? Yeah. It's pretty that hard really is. to repeat. But Owen Turtenwald made it into the top eight. This was his fifth Pro Tour top eight, Oof. which is insane. Marcio Carvalho, this was his fourth Pro Tour top eight. And when you yeah. start getting numbers like that, it's just like, it's so impressive. It really is. It's, yeah. But we talked That's about... A- um. The, the fact that the winner, Wyatt Darby, just 23 years old, he's an insurance salesman, and he goes, maybe not for much longer after he won <laughs> the tournament. So he's, like, super happy because now he can pursue magic kind of a little bit more professionally with the prize money. $50,000. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. He was like, I played this mono red deck because I had been seeing nothing but red decks in the queues on Magic Online. And I'm like, hmm, everyone's playing black red. What can I do? He wasn't even scared of Teferi or anything like that. So he's just like, well, I want to make sure I can play my Hazard on turn four and don't have to worry about any tap lands or play my Chandra out of the board on turn four if I need to. So I'm just going to play all mountains and be able yeah. to get there. And in the end, that's seriously what happened because so, we saw so many times the opponents get stuck because they had to have a land enter the battlefield tapped on five. Yeah. And also uh, we were talking about like Hazard, just so good. Oh, yeah, still great. In a world of red-black, where it's, like, again, like, um, Kazuyuki Takimura being, like, one of the very few that's running that Raska's Contempt. Otherwise, it's, like, well, you have to hope that you, like, have a Soul Scar Mage and then, like, also, like, a Chandra's Defeat or something. Right. To try and take care of that Hazoret. Hazoret is still a problem. (laughs) Exactly. It's still, like, a 5-4 hasty indestructible creature. (laughs) The last turn of the last game of the whole tournament was um, was super epic gonzalo yeah. pinto was playing against Wyatt darby in the finals and everyone was like the advantage bar was all over on pinto's side of the battlefield and yeah. they're like okay he's got it he's got it next turn uh no worries 
Um, but the previous turn, Wyatt had needed to basically rip um, in a braid to kill yeah. the Aethersphere Harvester yeah, of Pinto and, he did. and managed to do that. <laughs> the next turn, he had to rip a Glorybringer, which he did to yeah. win. It was insane. It really was. It was great. It was one of the coolest was... ending plays of a tournament of all time. Yeah, and I think even before that, because he had drawn the Hazoret the turn before the Abraid. Yes, yeah, and he Hazaret needed that too. Got in for like ten damage or something like that, like maybe more. And people are saying like they loved the way he was playing the deck too. Like he was not attacking Chandra or whatever. He didn't even care. All he would do yeah. was continually attack face. Yeah, is that yeah? And like like a lot of the time, like his like yeah, he he was he wasn't a person to like hold back his creatures and <laughs> to think about blocking. Oh no! It was oh, quite no. a bit of attacking. Pretty great. And if you are, if you watched top eight and you weren't happy about, you know, the chain world and the lack of diversity, that doesn't mean it wasn't there at the pro tour. People were playing it, so mm-hmm. like, keep your eye out for decks because who knows if you know chain will ever get the ban or whatever in the future. But um, one of the decks that I saw that I really loved was white black um, Benalia. So you're making knights, yeah, and you've got history of Benalia. I mean, that's a deck I would play. Megan would probably just still play Teferi. <laughs> <laughs> he's my buddy what am i gonna do craig wesco was running a really cool white green list wasn't he megan yeah he was so it had uh it had a johnny Ooh, a johnny and lyra yeah it had lyra it was it was sweet if you like creatures check out that list uh white green yeah. mid-range from craig wesco he also tweeted a sideboard guide for it which i think is really Ooh. cool yeah, that's always so helpful. Some people are playing Black Green Snake. That deck is apparently still around. Um, yeah. Mono Black. Oh, this is my favorite deck deck of the weekend was Willie Adel. I uh, had a Mono Black deck and he was very excited about it because he said it was basically like playing Jund. And then he went into bit one big long analogy of how all of the creatures and spells in the deck are basically a mirror to Jund and Modern. So <laughs> check that's out sweet. that deck deck um, with him. And he's just super a super nice guy too. Um, yeah. That, that deck seemed pretty cool. I saw people out on the floor playing that, and I was just like, oh, this looks good. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see if that deck will go places in the future, too, because it is, it's a really unique deck, uh, playing Dreadshade. So if you're yeah. playing Dreadshade, like, I'm in. Like I know. I remember being out on the floor, and it was like someone had a Dreadshade in play. Wait, no. It had been killed, and then they, like, played uh, Liliana Death's Majesty. Yeah. And got it back from the graveyard, and it was like, all right, we're really, we're really going here. We're doing it. We're yeah. doing it. Pretty sweet. But yeah, pretty cool uh, standard all around. Um, the top eight, of course, kind of condensed because of Chain Whirler. Let's get real. <laughs> a lot of red up there. Um, but as a whole, I think the tournament had some interesting options for people moving forward. So I'll go and check out those deck lists, not just the top eight, but down to, you know, what do they what do they go to? Like 36 or something? Yeah, I think so. Out. Um, it goes by points for standard. Yeah, points which is standard. nice. You can go and, and then see it, those lists. It, disregards like if someone did really well in draft and only medium and standard awesome it was it was a it was a fun tournament it was it was a pretty cool time yeah it really was uh matt severa noted constructed genius oh absolutely is <laughs> the constructed master for uh the world championship this fall yeah he managed to take down john rolf who had the lead coming in another cool guy but matt severa like his gp performance is just absolutely out of this world and I, I can only imagine that soon it will catch up with him at the Pro Tour as soon as he, like, really leans in and starts to learn draft because that's what took him down this weekend was draft. He only had one win in draft <laughs> the whole weekend, but his standard record was awesome. 
So yeah, he had the best standard record. He was like nine and one. Yeah. So like as soon as he, as soon only as he turns on draft, like he might be one of the next unstoppable people. No kidding. Whew. But yeah, he'll be at the world championships, um, which will be pretty cool in Las Vegas this year. Yeah. This fall. Speaking of Vegas, we're going to be there coming up in a couple of weeks for the GP. Yeah. I'm super excited. Are you super excited? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm just so pumped. I'm excited to play modern, dust off those sparkly, boggly boys, hit them on the, throw them on the table, put their pants on them, and play some limited, too. I'm going to play in the, um, in the qualifying events for the beta draft because, you know, maybe I'll open Why three not? Lyra's and I'll be able to crack open a Black Lotus. <laughs> Fingers crossed. What what a weekend of cracking boosters you're planning on. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It's like, well, I, to get here, I had to crack three Lyra's and now I expect a Black Lotus. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be it's going to be so cool. There's so many uh, awesome people that are going to be. There's so many events. Um, I'm just I'm just pumped to the sky. Do you know where you're playing in modern yet? No. Oh boy. What are you waffling Ooh. on? Uh, I think I'm pretty. Uh, so here's the thing is uh, I, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to play uh, blue white control. Oh. My only concern is that like I practiced chess guy a lot and then I talked to some people and they're like blue white's definitely better. Um, okay. Like there's some matchups that are worse, but there's a lot of matchups. I was just like, for instance, I was really struggling with the hollow one matchup with chess guy. Yeah. It's just very bad. It's like very, very bad. <laughs> uh, but but they're like, oh, you know, like you have you have a little bit more interaction for that uh, in blue white. So yeah, I my only concern is that uh, I'm about to head to Rhode Island for a week where I won't have a computer to play, <laughs> and so I'm gonna go in a little bit like a little bit under tested. That's for sure. Well, <clears throat> I've I've heard that the deck can be good against humans as well. At least I've heard that about Jeskai. So I assume the Certainly. same is blue white. Control? Yeah, they said it's like not as heavy a favorite, but it still is ad- okay. advantaged. Uh, and you know, I if there's a deck I want to beat, its name is certainly humans. <laughs> I've got to make some sideboarding decisions heading into this tournament, and if I want to take yeah. my ley lines out of the main deck or not, maybe I'm crazy. I'm gonna test it and do some streaming this week, I think, because I am Ooh. rusty with those bogs, and I gotta dust Fancy. off the rust. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I've never said that before, and I can't kind of can't believe it. Dust I off also, the rust. Given given how much you enjoy rhyme, I know. Huh? Okay. Well, I'll put that as a stream title. <laughs> well, everybody, that's this episode of Magic the Amateuring. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, thank you for everybody who supports us on Patreon. Thanks for being a member of the MTA fan club. You support the show. You keep it going, supporting the creators that you love and listen to every week, every other week, uh, monthly, whatever it is, is super important to them to be able to keep doing what they're doing. And hopefully it makes you feel good too, that you're supporting the people who work really hard to give you content um, for other people who, you know, can't afford it or whatever. Um, You're helping them as well. That is right. Thank you as well to, uh, card kingdom our sponsors card kingdom and ultra pro uh cardkingdom.com slash mta cast it's a place where you can go and get tons of boosters and cards and also some sweet ultra pro gear so one-stop shop for both of them i'm gonna say the winner of our giveaway we have a gleam giveaway every month and this time this is a little late sorry about that but the winner of some cool stuff including 
this uh, Rain's, Rainbow Planeswalker shirt here is Eric <gasps> Kinsey from Virginia. Congratulations, Eric. You're a winner. Yay. Congratulations. We're going to send you some six swag. And uh, yeah, expect that coming for you in the mail. And we've got a new Gleam giveaway that you can find the link to in the show notes for this or under the YouTube video that you can use to enter for June. Nice. But yeah, we'll be back in the studio next month. Uh, next month. Oh, my God. Next week. <laughs> uh. Sometimes that's what it feels like. I know. (sighs) Boy, we've been doing a lot of traveling, especially you, Megan. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll be back to normal next week, and then we'll be at Vegas. And if you're there, remember to say hi. We'll give you a little prize and a high five. 